Colonel, message from a pillar observatory. It looks like they've detected something entering the atmosphere. It appears to be a carrier-class ship. Impossible. If their spaceship itself can descend to the surface... Prepare for attack. All mobile suit teams deploy immediately. Lieutenant Pierce, we're under attack. C to E-57. Roger that. Already? Gundams. Our mobile suit hangar! Hurry! It's Celestial Beam spaceship, ma'am! All cannons, fire! They're not slowing down! They wouldn't dare. GN field, maximum output! Into the water! Welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast that's given Double O a try. My name is Jeremy. I'm a whaler now. I'm Tyler. I had something relating to jailbreaks and and that kind of thing, but then Tyler came with that, and I'm... There it goes. My name is Zach. I guess my new goal for these intros, not that I have to try very hard, is to just derail Zach. (laughs) It's not like it would be hard. Like, that's basically saying you want to try and get up in the morning. Yes, it is technically an achievement to get up and go to work in the morning, but it's not like it's hard. Remember how we talk frequently about Zach never having had to deal with depression? Yep, yep. (laughs) Weirdly, I was going to say, I feel like the opposite, Zach. I feel like it's not an accomplishment, but it is hard. (laughs) Exactly. It's expected and therefore not an accomplishment. Uh, Huh. Huh. (laughs) I feel awkward because I've never had a problem. I've I've had the, I don't want to go to work, but... Like, it's never been a problem to get up and go, even when I was getting up at two in the morning. I envy you. Anyway, so I was wondering (laughs) whether Marina Ishmael's name is Marina Ishmael, because they're like, well, we definitely want her last name to be Ishmael for some reason. And they're like, what has to do with boats? I know, a Marina. I thought her name was Ismael. I didn't think her name had an H in it. Have I been hearing her name wrong this entire time? The Japanese and English pronunciations of many of the names are completely different. See Mari Parfasi slash Mary Parfasi, or Cateron slash Catheron, or the Caridum Gundam slash the Cheridum Gundam. Whoa, oh no, I hate that one. It's a CH. Cherudium yeah. Gundam, I thought. Well, the Jub says Cheridum, and the Sub definitely says Caridum if you listen to how the Japanese you know, pronounce it's it. It's probably because the. I mean that makes sense. The the hard the hard H there. I, I think Catheron sounds Greek to me in a like I feel like it should be a reference to something sort of way. Except for the fun fact that Greek didn't have a K, so the C would have been the K sound. Well, that's my point. Is like, the, do you think the, the Japanese CH... knew that Zach? They can't figure out no. R's and L's. <laughs> no offense no, they, to any Japanese no, people defi- listening. Uh, I don't know. It, Judging by what Google brings up, I don't think it was a thing. I agree, but it sounds like it should be, and like every time I hear it, I'm like, this has to be a reference to something. It's not. All right, we are going to be watching episode three today, Alleluia Rescue Operation. Wonder what happens this week. Before we get to that, though, there's something that Tyler brought up last episode that we talked about a little bit, but I've been thinking about since, so I wanted to 
run by him again, which was when we were doing our high points last week, you said, oh, I, w- I won't take the obvious one of Setsuna doing the Shonen thing. And then Zach and I proceeded not to take that at all. Yeah, yeah. Because to me, it was not even like, not saying it was not in the running, but it wasn't really something I was heavily considering. And I think it's the same for Zach. Oh, where, he's tur- where he turns on the Gundam? Yeah, where he's like, oh, the O Gundam and the XCR in here and me. <laughs> yeah, I, like for me, it wasn't even on the radar. And Tyler, you've said that you think Setsuna is your favorite Gundam pilot, which I don't think has changed in the last three episodes. Yeah, no, probably not. And I wonder if that's a lot of why you like that moment. That might have a lot to do with it. I was going to say or defend my choice on that by saying like, like it is such a not a thing Setsuna gets to do to have a shonen-ass shonen moment, except for all, all those other times where he did. I don't know. He's a sad boy. He deserves them. And I wanted to kind of transition into how much more shonen Gundam 00 is than a lot of other Gundam series, because Gundam is definitely shonen in market. It is aimed at teenagers. There was a brief moment where the only things we knew about The Witch from Mercury were it will be called The Witch from Mercury, and it will be aimed at teenagers. I was like, wow, good information there, Gundam. <laughs> no, no, I believe we did know there would be Gundams in it. We could assume. But Double O has a lot more Shonen stuff, uh, even just to the point of Graham yelling, Shonen! It <laughs> sets in all the time. <laughs> and I think that's part of why that moment didn't stick out to me. It's like, ah, uh, this is a little more Shonen than I want in my Gundam. And more of that sort of stuff will be coming. And it's part of why I like Double O. I think it works for it. But this is sort of leading you into it. And I think that's why I didn't, click for me and if i wondered if your love of sets on him getting like you said the moment because kira never gets a shonen moment right yeah not quite the well like mm. he saves the archangel that's pretty that's up not there really but... the same type of shonen no, moment it's more though. a big damn hero sort of moment yeah, anything else we want to say before we get into this episode i was gonna say i was excited to see lock on run into a mobile suit for the first time spoilers it's not his first time can you believe that they never confirm that in this series <laughs> Everyone has very strong suspicions about it this but episode. But they never confront him about it? No. It is stated in the novelization of Gundam 00, of all places, that he has previous experience as a mobile suit pilot. And it's very easy to infer. Well, I mean, but, especially as a member, presumably a member of Catheron. Yeah. He yep. would have been trained as a mobile suit pilot. The only thing is that he's a spy, and yes, it's anime, so of course he was trained as a mobile suit pilot, but they are arguably different skill sets. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's possible, like, as a spy, you train him in that as well, just in case. Yeah, like, I'm... to have that skill set in your back pocket would be useful if it's like, hey, we need you to go steal a bunch of, we need you to go steal a Jinx. It's totally reasonable. I don't have a problem with it. I'm just saying Long Lume ain't trained in mobile suit piloting by Celestial Being. Celestial Being is also an organization that's a lot looser. Like, I feel like Celestial Being's organization isn't really, like, they don't do training, really. They just kind of dump people into positions. They, they hijack people who are already skilled at doing what they are doing. So only slightly less rigorous than Zaft. All right. On that, let's go ahead and watch episode three, Alleluia Rescue Operation. You can watch along on Crunchyroll or Hulu, or if you have DVDs that I gave you for... No, no. The ones I gave you for Christmas no longer apply. I gave you the bad half of Double O for Christmas. I bought the good half, and then you gave me the Ghost of Christmas future. Yes, I was going to say, I only gave you bad double-O spoilers for Christmas. We open up on a image of this supermax prison guarded by a bunch of Tierrans. It is the Earth Sphere Federation Force's detention center for anti-government elements. That's a weirdly 
like specific title? Like, do you think this is actually what it's called, or is this its uh, just th- this is location? Yeah, that's. Yeah, I mean, is this Earth Sphere Gitmo? Yeah, yeah, basically. I'm, I well, think. I mean, obviously, but do you think it has a name? I that's a good. I, this might just be the same. I think the problem is the A laws have a bunch of detention centers that are basically this. And, so. and which detention center did I leave him? In? Exactly. <laughs> and you know, Gitmo is kind of a media given name to it, right? Uh, whereas we will find out this episode sort of and more as we go on that thanks to Veda and Ribbons, most of this stuff is not known about by anybody who's not actively working with it. I'm really confused what Ribbon's plan is here, because in a monologue he gives to himself at the end of the episode, he's like, I am enacting Aeolia Schoenberg's plan by being a huge douche. <laughs> to be fair, I bet Aeolia Schoenberg was a huge douche. <laughs> I mean, did point. you see his mustache? <laughs> the fact that he wore a monocle. Okay, and a cravat. <laughs> yeah, you're right. So anyway, we, as Zach said, cut into the prison where we see Marina Ismail being interrogated by some suits. And she's like, I already told you everything I knew about Gundams four years ago. And the guy's like, yes, but now there are new Gundams. So Do you you anything might, your memory might have been jogged. These new Gundams aren't just for show. What can you tell us about them? <laughs> okay, here <laughs> we go. What can out. you tell us about them? I didn't even know they existed until you literally just fucking told me. Okay, so th- I might be giving the writers of the show too much credit. I kind of wonder if they like are asking her to operate as a spy under the assumption that she will be rescued at some point. I don't think that's the case. I think it is literally them trying to get any kind of information out of her they can regarding the Gundams, because they're, during that incident where Setsuna Martyr walked the pastor dude back to them, it was clear that they were speaking at one point to each other. Yes, yeah, so Setsuna gave her a celestial thumbs up, which is <laughs> bad for the current Earth government forces. And they were just like, hey, wait a minute. This is a main character. She has a name. <laughs> Maybe she knows something. <laughs> yeah, it's just a universe where, like, only eight people have names. <laughs> on on there. there, the subtitle had her name as Ismail. I-S-M-A-I-L. No H. I'm not saying that the wiki is going to be right or wrong. It's just the subtitles, which, as we already know, are perfect with no flaws, said it differently. Yeah, no, the wiki also has it different, or has it not as Ishmael. I'm still saying that name is far too similar, and also her first name is Marina. There is no way that's not intentional. How did they get any of the names in this show? Like, Patrick Colossar is the name that makes the most sense in this show. <laughs> that sounds like a guy's name. Graham Aker? Graham Cracker? No, that doesn't, that doesn't sound like a name. That sounds like a phenome for a name for, like, a fantasy character, Zach. In my job, I have seen a lot of weird names. Graham Aker is not that far removed. Okay, now just imagine his parents are assholes. They have the last name Aker. They knew what they were doing. <laughs> his middle initial is C. And yep. remember, there are now currently people named Apple. True. Well, hey, more wild than Apple was Moon Unit Zappa. Are you not familiar with this? What's uh Frank Zappa's other kid's name? Oh, yeah, Dweezel. <laughs> <laughs> there are wilder names than Apple. I'm just saying, at this point, now these names are weird because they aren't weird. I guess Christina. Christina has a normal name. So does Lyle uh, and Neil. Those are both normal names. You're right. And Mei Ling probably is a normal Chinese name. Okay, so actually what we have learned is most of that- And I would presume that uh, Sumeragi's actual name, Kujo, that is an actual name. Is she Japanese? Is she supposed to be Japanese? I'm pretty sure she's American. Uh, we'll find out where she went to college. And when you think about who she went to college with- who knows? 
Um, and Sergei is definitely Sergei Smirnov. That is definitely <laughs> Russian. a normal Russian name. I mean, it's it's like the mega Russian name, but it is normal Russian. I mean, it's not Zangief. I think all we've learned from this is that naming conventions changed in how far in the future does this take place? Two hundred years? Yeah, almost three hundred years. Yeah. And surprises there aren't more supercomputers. We, we went around. through the opening, by the way, while we were having this conversation. Yep. So we cut to the president of the world, who's like, we've decided to put the military under the control of the A-laws. What could possibly go wrong? If I remember right, this is the general dude from the previous season. He was That's a general from too, yeah. the Union. Yes, and now he is president of the Earth Fear Unified the Nations. The main reason why I'm, I think it's the same guy is because he is the only black guy with this complexion <laughs> in this series that we have seen. You know, now that I'm looking at him, I feel like his face is differently shaped, but I don't remember the last guy well enough. And it has been four years. He is certainly a better character design than definitely not Bill Clinton that we had (laughs) earlier. So now we have totes not Barack Obama. (laughs) (laughs) And so the president is like, hey, thank you, blank computer screen. Without you and Veda, we would not be able to put all these soldiers under our control. And Ribbons Allmark over the phone, who's not shaped like a vase or something, because he threw that out immediately. (laughs) He's like, it's an honor to assist you. We must not tolerate any petty resistance. For any dialogues in the future, dick. And Ribbons is like, yes, that is the reason that we were born, to help you, after all. He did, however, inherit the weird communications room where he just stares at some tapestries and sits in a chair. (laughs) Ribbon's, like, living situation is wild. (laughs) Did he just steal Alejandro Corner's house? No, much wilder than that, when we eventually find out where he is much later. Is he on Jupiter? No. That would be less wild, I think. (laughs) Hard to tell. Is he on the moon? He's very close to the moon. Is he sitting in a Lagrange point? (laughs) Uh, Spoilers. So Ribbons, now monologuing to himself, is like, ah, I am faithfully executing Aelia Schoenberg's plan. His plan was to betray celestial being and have a green-haired kid murder his adopted father, question mark, and then call the president and be like, machinations are coming to fruition. <laughs> I'm going to guide the world to peace with an iron fist and murder any dissenters. It's that, what, what is it? I love peace, and that's why I'm willing to murder every man, woman, and child I have to in order to get it. This is something no human can do. For only we, the innovators, can do this. Okay, poll. Is innovator a more dumb name than coordinator? Okay, but I feel like we need a three-point scale. We need new type innovator coordinator, right? Okay. Huh. What is the most dumb? I think it's innovator. That's my hot Innovator's like a... Hmm. Coordinator is... Coordinator at least has like, like coordinator, a story yeah. reason for the name. Coordinator is dumb, but in the way that a real world term that's dumb would become about. And then when you found out that's where that term comes from, like Kira and Athern also think that term is dumb when they find out where it comes from, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. I feel like new type is all right, but that's also like... It's grandfathered in in a weird way, right? Yeah. It's it's very science fiction Okay, though. if we add Jedi on the list. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't really have a problem with it. Especially being so early on, because when you first hear coordinator, you don't have any background on what it means either. It just, it's a term they throw out at you. Yeah, but you want them to sound cool. Although I don't think innovator sounds dumb. So anyway, we, we pan across Ribbon's villain overlook of a garden. into his, his chair? Like, he needs a chair and a cat, he's right? Got, no, he's got a couch. He doesn't even have a chair. He has a full-ass couch in front of these, like, doubles, not, what are these staircases called? The ones that are, like, at an angle where they- Helix? 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel I like just... they have a name. They're not spiral staircases, but they like they're castle ass staircases that there are two of them going up into the same hall. At I'm gonna angle. go with curved staircase because I'm lazy, and it goes up to this like observation <laughs> platform. Well, it goes up to a judgment platform where person who looks like Tigaria Erd be judging. <laughs> Who's like, hey, so you've been leaving the princess alone until now? Why did you change your mind? And Ribbon's like, you know why. So they're like, so you think they're going to show up? And he's like, of course they will. Because we're- we also have Alleluia here. We already had a bait here. Now we have double bait. That we're not p- going to tell them about. No, I presume they do tell them about. Oh, they don't no. tell them about Marina. You're right. Yeah, They don't tell them about <laughs> Marina. They kind of do because they give a full list of all the prisoners. So I guess that's like when you're trying to make them think they came to the conclusion. I don't think they found like they don't give Celestial Being a listing of prisoners. They go they, Celestial Being hacks its way in. No, I thought Lume also gave them that. I thought there was specifically a line where they're like, she also sent us this manifest of prisoners in case we <laughs> needed it. Maybe. I don't I don't know. Or was it Cataron that gave that to them? No, I can't remember. Because they don't know Cataron's gonna be involved at all. Yeah, I, I know that they get a list of prisoners, and I don't remember precisely where it came from. I was looking up what that staircase is called. It's just a double staircase. There is a <laughs> similar one that is an imperial staircase, which is like a staircase or a half staircase that goes up to a landing, and, and then another half staircase that goes up to the next level. Now we're at Alleluia, and uh, Soma is talking to him, and he's got the full-on straight jacket and Hannibal Lecter mask. Yeah, I expect them to be like behind bars, but they're all in this room. Soma's got a unit of men in black behind her. So, and Andre is here as well. Are we meant to assume that Alleluia has been in basically this position since he was captured? Yeah, I believe so. Okay, I have some questions later. I mean, that we'll is get there. Four, that would be four years. So presumably he, he does get let out for exercise. That's what I was wondering <laughs> is specifically he seems relatively physically fit still, despite spending most of his time in this i would buy that he is given time to like just exercise and use the bathroom do you think they leave the mask on while he exercises probably <laughs> don't Why invite is he wearing anyone. the mask i don't understand it's not like he's ever bitten anyone's <laughs> ear off or anything i think the reason well number one the reason for the mask is to make him look more dangerous but at, at the same time remember when soma first encounters him when they first encounter him they actually encounter and hear hallelujah who oh, sounds like a, sa- a sadistic bastard who would try and take a bite out of somebody. I just imagine them locking it up and Alleluia's like, I don't even like fava beans. <laughs> he looks ragged as hell. Bro. Yeah, he's not looking great. So he sees Soma and then starts to try and call out to her, but his, he is gagged. His uh, eyes had two different levels of dilation I there. noticed that, yeah. Well, they're different colors, Zach, so they dilate differently. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. That's just physics. I don't... So someone's like, hey, let's take the mask off. It's going to be really hard to interrogate him if he can't talk. So one of the men in black goes over and takes the mask off. And Soma thinks to herself, ah, my quantum brainwaves don't affect him anymore. According to this report, it's because he suffered a head injury. Okay, hear me out. Shouldn't his quantum brainwaves be affecting her? I don't think he can use them anymore because Hallelujah's dead, I think okay. is the implication. Okay. I thought they specifically said that here, but maybe that was me just making that leap of because Hallelujah went away now Alleluia doesn't have the quantum brainwaves anymore there's a lot of stuff in the second half of double o that i feel like is just kind of implied and i want more information of luckily in comparison to destiny i don't think it really wastes any time so it's hard to figure out where you would put that in but well and it is my biggest criticism of the second this, half 
they ran a well enough so that it worked as an implication. Like we all kind of got there, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. We didn't have any problems making that lead. Yeah, there's more some ladder stuff that I wish there was more. So Alu is like, Mary, you finally came for me. Or Mari, I don't know which one we're going to go with on this podcast. We'll probably use them <laughs> interchangeably. I mean, we did that with Durundal and whatever the hell his name Jabril. was. <laughs> Jabril. So. Same guy. Jerubble. So he, he seems re- relieved that she survived. Yeah. And someone's like, Mary. And he's like, hey, it's me, Alleluia. Remember when we used to talk in the home? And someone's like, hey, my name is not Mary. Very defensive about this. And Alleluia's <laughs> like, no. You're her. I'm not that big of a stalker. I know a Mary when I see one. You're a Mary. Uh, (laughs) In comparison to Kigali, I think Soma is a, I don't want to say much better character, but we have lots of problems with Kigali, right? Of Krigali, you mean? Yeah. The character she is in our head is unfortunately not quite the character she is on screen, right? Yeah, that's true. I think Soma is a much better character in that regard, but she's not a perfect character in those regards. And one of the things I really don't like is how like belittling Alleluia is of her as a person in a lot of ways. It starts with her, no, you, you, you don't get your identity. You're the person I think you are. And it turns out he's right. <laughs> well, I mean, I, it doesn't feel to me like it's belittling her as a person. It's more of, no, you are definitely the same person I remember. So until we got to the end of this episode, I was actually expecting some sort of like twin sister sort of situation. We already got Neil and Lyle. <laughs> Why not Soma and Mary? Twins everywhere. We're going to get more twins, sort of. Sort of. We kept the Lagrange one, where Celestial Bean is hanging out. You know, just Bean. Where Tiaria is basically running lock-on through some training drills. And he's like, hey, do you have any experience piloting mobile suits? And he's like, well, I operated an industrial workloader, but no one even shot at it, so I don't really think that counts. (laughs) And here's Tiaria goes, well, that damn Setsuna brought along a complete novice, which again, I think implies Setsuna is making Just all of off. the decisions. <laughs> no, see, the thing is, like, I still feel like Tiaria and Setsuna both agreed to go get this person. It's just Setsuna obviously didn't ask about any of this stuff. He just grabbed him and, and went as opposed to, you know, Tiaria would have asked that question. Either that or Setsuna is a lot better at judging this kind of thing. Maybe. And it's just like, yeah, no, he definitely knows how. Especially because he, when Setsuna mentions, you know, the, the Cateron thing, I think it might have also been a situation where Setsuna's like, yeah, they definitely taught him how to pilot a mobile suit. Yeah, I think Setsuna knows more about Lock-On 2 than anybody else, but I don't know what everybody else knows or how much Setsuna knows. I also think to some extent Setsuna is a weirdly emotional person is that oh, yeah. he's not very expressive about it, but he acts on impulse a lot. Yeah, I think that's 100% why he chose this person, exactly. is that because they are lock-on. Like, yeah. they're, they're the brother. It was an entirely emotional choice. He is not really a logical person. He's just very quiet and antisocial. Although I do feel like he also, made, part of the reason why he chose that guy is because that person has a reason to join. Whereas, like, somebody else might not have a reason to join and might just pitch them under the bus. That's fair. Whereas Lyle here has a reason to fight and to join Celestial Being in the first place. So Lyle's like, I'll be counting on you. And Tiaria's like, I do not like social things either. <laughs> Meanwhile, Felt is watching them on the monitor. Not creepy at all. And she is like, huh, this dude. I mean, to be fair, he does look identical to her adoptive cool older brother figure. Slash crush. Slash crush, yeah, I don't know. So Lassie comes in to the... Bridge. It looks like the bridge. It's just, we haven't seen this area of the bridge before. We have, we just haven't seen it from this angle, which is a weird angle to see the bridge from. I feel like this bridge is bigger than the original Ptolemaios's. 
I think it is a little bit. We get Malena's name for the first time. It's Malena. <laughs> like, hey, hey, Tyler, what do you think her uh, tragic backstory is? Oh, boy. Well, it certainly can't be better than Lassie's, by the way, my parents died and I'm a cyborg. You're thinking That's of Lichty. Lichty. I'm thinking of Lichty. You're right. Do we know Lasse's We do not know Lasse's because Lasse is like, I know how this shit works. <laughs> all, yeah, all I know about him is that he was picked as a candidate to be a Gundameister, and they're like, nah, you're not as cool as goddamn Setsuna, I guess. Something that is not said in the anime, I can yep. confirm. So they're like, hey, did you load up our two new cool Gundams yet? And she's like, yep. Where did they and get so, these all of a sudden? Because they only had two last episodes. Well, they're no, at they, were, Lagr- they were building them. Yeah, they're okay. at Lagrange 1, which we know is their, like base of operations their production facility it's where they built all the equipment for the previous gundams as well and presumably they were almost done being built in the first place because they still had all the reactor well i guess it doesn't really tell us how they got curios's reactor back this also super terrorist stole it back and we don't get to meet him double terrorist you have to you have to read the manga for that story no he is like a super mega terrorist yes <laughs> like, he actually is He's like, celestial being's cool, but what if we had more terrorism in it? <laughs> you were saying. My question is, uh, for three months, we're trying to get the double O working, and for some reason, they couldn't just use these other ones they no, had they laying around? they specifically said they tried all the other ones they had. So the only option was to go get the... No, I mean use reactor. them as suits. Who's going to pilot the reactors? them? Who's going to drive them? Literally anyone. <laughs> we'll put Milena in one of those. I guess Lasse could have driven one. There then is who- a reason he can't, which we will get later. That's something I only know with foreknowledge. He's now also a cyborg. Well, I was going to say maybe it was because if he was driving that, who would drive the Ptolemaeus? Because yeah. nobody else knows how to fly the Ptolemaeus. Yeah. You think Ian Vashti's going to jump in one? I think lack of pilots is the main reason. And I think they weren't complete yet, as Zach was saying. Or entirely complete. Because obviously they must have been pretty close. So Lasse's like, so where's Sumeragi? And Ian's like, well, she's still shutting herself up in her room. And she said she ain't going to rejoin us. And we cut to her looking at a family photo of her old family on the Ptolemaeus one. And uh, she's not wearing the uniform. Nope. She does have a beer, though. And by a beer, (laughs) I mean one beer she's drinking and five she's discarded. So I think this is as good a time as any for me to go into this. So, I have a theory as to why the Celestial Being in the second season is wearing actual uniforms. I think there are two reasons. Well, one slightly more facetious. One is, it's a it's an easy shorthand to di- differentiate who is a member of Celestial Being and who is not. Because as opposed to the first season, there are people on board the Ptolemaeus that aren't necessarily members of Celestial Being. Like, they didn't sign up. Like, Saji is the main one right now. Okay, that's fair. So, he never has a Celestial Being uniform because he doesn't sign on. Whereas everybody else does, and Sumeragi is not wearing the uniform here either, and they specifically called out the fact that she said she wasn't necessarily going to rejoin Celestial Being anyway. I think they bring it up here in a little while that she won't wear the uniform either. So I think that's mostly the reason why in the second season they're all wearing uniforms. The slightly more facetious reason is actually related to the first season. And it is entirely because Christina's last words to Felt or be more stylish. <laughs> and so, Celestial Being, honoring her last wish, made stylish uniforms for themselves. So it's actually just all felt. <laughs> she just spent hours, like, drawing up uniform designs and had them custom manufactured somewhere. Uh, Soma shares a voice actress with Rarity and the dub. I, I, don't, I don't know that that's quite getting me anywhere, but... Well, I mean, and she play. wasn't related. To, to Celestial Being no. at the time. No, that's why I said it doesn't quite get me anywhere. Was she seriously voiced by the same person? Yeah. Wow. That voice actress does My Little Pony and Gundam. Oh, she's a Canadian voice actress. What's she going to do? 
the, the shows that come your way is the answer. Speaking of Saji, cut to him talking to Setsuna, who's finally come back to him, being like, and Setsuna's like, yep, they Those were not. Those guys our- were dicks. <laughs> We had a different point of view from the thrones regarding murdering people. So, and Saji is just like, wait, they weren't your allies? And Setsun is just, yes, that's what I just said. One did try to kiss me once, but I don't think it counts because I was not into it. One did kiss him once, but he did not reciprocate. And to be fair, I did try and kill them myself later. In fact, we hated them so much, Tiari and I agreed on it. I know to you that seems normal, but it <laughs> wasn't. Yeah, I, I know to you because you haven't spent a lot of time around the two of us. The fact that we agreed these bastards must die. We hadn't weird. gone bowling yet. And so Saji takes a moment to consider that before being like, well, you killed people with your Gundams as well. And so he's just like, yeah, you put people in the same situation as I was. It's natural people should hate you. Yeah, which is reads very much as him convincing himself his position is okay to have. To well, which Setsuna just very calmly responds, I know, I've accepted that. Well, it's because Setsuna has come to a decision and decided this is what needs to happen, I need to do this. And the Celestial Being as a whole has made this decision. It's kind of the same thing Lasse said to him in the last, we fucked it up, so we have to fix it. It was also very much a Lock-On's whole thing in the first season, the original Lock-On of, the world can try me for my crimes after I've fixed the world. Yeah. And so Saji, very angry, says, the world was peaceful then before you showed up. But Setsuna says, okay, so just because you have peace, that's okay? Saji, like, blames him, like, you bl- you, you turned my world upside down, and like Jeremy said, Setsuna comes back with, so because you were peaceful, it was okay. And Saji's like, that's not what I meant, I'm not a selfish asshole, but you're making people unhappy and nobody wants that. I mean, <laughs> you kind of are being a selfish dick, Saji, like, I don't blame you for it, because that was your perspective. You're literally talking to a guy who was a child soldier, so he's got a little bit more of a wide perspective than you do. Yeah, he killed his own mom, which is maybe worse than your sister and your girlfriend getting hurt (laughs) slash died. So we cut to the break room at prison where Soma's having a FaceTime with her dad. He's like, notice anything unusual about the a-holes? I mean, the a-laws? And she's like, no, just more training and stuff, I guess. This is weird to me because they have, like, booths and coffee tables. Like... They're shin-high coffee tables. These are shin-breaking coffee tables. Uh, they're not actual, like, dining tables. That's fair. I, I have been in offices that have this sort of setup. Although, yeah, normally they're, like, couches set around a coffee table and not, like, diner booths. <laughs> so Soma's like, hey, so, Colonel, in the files on the Superhuman Inst- Institute, was there anything about a Mary? And, and Sergey like, looks off to the side and is like, I don't remember hearing that, seeing that name, which, like... On the one hand, they had to deliberately uh, animate that eye, the looks off to the yeah, side. Yeah, very but at the suspicious. Same time, I actually don't think it means anything. I don't either. I was going to say your adoptions papers just said Soma on them when I got them. <laughs> I feel like it was just a matter of like, you know, kind of that look off to the side to think for a moment. And Sergei's like, and I did look at all of them after that asshole kept lying to us. <laughs> And someone's like, all right. But then there's a knock and she's like, hey, I'm technically still on duty. So got to go, dad. Let me chug down this coffee real quick while your uh, other child (laughs) calls me to uh, Well, just comes comes to report in that the main force is arriving. I like how he knocks to enter the break room. (laughs) It's Soma's personal break room. Well, I feel like it's also a situation where she might have mentioned, hey, I'm I'm taking a private call. I'm taking a private call. So he knocked. And also like. I was going to say maybe it's the officer's break room, but he is also an officer, so that wouldn't apply anyway. But she's a higher-ranking officer. Yeah, but he would still be allowed in the officer's mess. Yeah, The officer's fair. room. 
In contrast to what I said earlier about the late Alleluia treats Soma, I really like how in these four years she seems to have become like actually a soldier and she's fine doing her job without her dad there. We always talked about how she looked like a little child because her dad was always with her in every scene before. And so it's cool to see her as a competent military officer for the most part. Well, she kind of had it going in the first season as well. She just was always attached to Soma or to, to Sergei the entire time. She was a competent pilot. But she, like, never did anything but, like, attack the things she was pointed at. She, she was a Pokemon. <laughs> well, she she was a competent pilot and a good soldier, but she wasn't a, a good human was more of the problem. She didn't understand human interaction, really. Soma is definitely a psychic type, right? Oh, yeah. Psychic fighting. Yeah. So yeah, we, she gets up and is like, yeah, once we get contact, everybody take up your normal positions. Like, she takes charge immediately. Yep. So we cut on to an incoming cruiser, which is captained by Cody Monaghan who's like, assume defensive positions, contact Lieutenant Pierce, the only competent person in the prison, and slash the only one I trust. I feel like she's also, like, dire- she's the direct commander of the prison, right? The prison guard right now. Perhaps. She's the highest ranking officer we see there, outside of Cotty now appearing. And she's like, so this is where they're holding the pilot of the winged Gundam. Flashback to that time we captured that winged Gundam. To explain what he's doing here. <laughs> Apparently, based on that, the solar reactor was already gone before they grabbed it. They also might have just taken it out. That is true. Anyway, cut to just a fucking shuttle with a red GN drive, and Nana's in it talking to Lume, who's like, yep, there's definitely an Alleluia in that giant prison. I can tell with my spy powers. <laughs> you come back. I'll handle it now. And Nana's like, I didn't want to be in this episode anyway. <laughs> <laughs> cut to Hannibal. He's like, Mari, why did you change your name? You talk like you've never met me. <gasps> they must have given her a different personality. A I thing mean, I guess they could do. It, again, it I would of... love more details. It does make sense. I can't extrapolate. Hallelujah and Hallelujah are two people, but they don't work like that. No, they didn't work. Well, maybe they I used mean, to at one point. It might have merged. been a, yeah, they, they might have been basically one personality, one overwrote the other one, but then the trauma of being of, uh, you know, floating through space, split the personality into two different bits. I mean, we're doing a lot of legwork for the show, if we're <laughs> assuming that, but... It requires it, but again, it's not like we're wasting time with something. I'd rather spend doing this, but I would like more on this. Cut to the Ptolemaios, where they're like, hey, Lume sent us a message saying that in the Human Reform League dissident center, there's hallelujah haptism. I love how Lassie, like, Lassie has the immediate reaction of, you know, I know that guy, and... Milena is just like, wait a minute, I know him. He's a Gundam Meister, right? Yeah. yeah. She says it like, I know him. He's in BTS, right? <laughs> it's just the tone she has. And Lassie's is like, oh, he was captured. That's why we couldn't find him. Why didn't we think of that? And then I, I love how he immediately is just like, all right, Phil, get everybody. We're having a briefing. And cut to Tiaria being like, they found Alleluia? And then cut to Lockon being like, what's an Alleluia? <laughs> <laughs> What's an hallelujah? I love his horror when he asks, who's al- who's hallelujah? The horror is just, comrade, comrade. Well, Although I think in Japanese it says Nakama. It is Nakama in Japanese. You want to know what the dub uses? A buddy, a buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually pretty great. Not going to lie. So we go through everybody's reaction to this, except Sumeragi. Including Luis on a different ship. But she's reacting to, why aren't we chasing the Gundams anymore? And her superior officer is like, ah, they've laid bait for them. A a colonel, because her direct superiors are dead, (laughs) because they all were ordered to sortie 
against the Gundams in the previous episode, but Louise was held back because she did not qualify as one of all of the mobile suits. I'm sorry, that still gets me. It's dumb. Anyway, Sumeragi comes into the briefing room. And she looks a little unsteady. Well, it's hard to be drunk in Zero-G. And she's like, is it true you found hallelujah? And you're like, yep, it's and information from Leme. She would never lie to us. Never. She hasn't yet. That they know of. Well, she hasn't lied to them yet. She just hasn't told them the full truth in a lot of places. And also given their enemies information at the same time. I mean, yes, but she never said she wasn't doing that. Sumeragi's like, how are you going to rescue him? And Setsun is like, that is your job. <laughs> that is literally why we brought you back. Here's a USB, turn it into a tactical forecast. <laughs> Which really does reinforce what we were saying before about how Setsuna has faith in Sumeragi, even though Sumeragi has none in herself. Yep, because she's his mom. Tieria backs Setsuna here as well. Well, he's like, if we have four Gundam pilots, we can use all four of our Gundams. That's way easier than training a new guy. And we don't have Veda anymore, so we can't find a new guy. I don't even know how we found this guy. <laughs> and I mean, if we don't have to train up a new guy, that'd be great, because this fucker's <laughs> annoying. Speaking of this fucker, he's like, yeah, I'm still unsure about this being a novice and all. Tiara just shoots him a dirty look. It's so good. I love Tiara's dirty look there. It's like, silence, casual. Tiara's like, I'm friends with family with all these people now. I forgot how good it feels to judge. You will be my target. Oh, no. Lasse actually pleads with Sumeragi saying, look, please help us. And Felt's like, here, I braid you a uniform. It'll help. But she feels trapped by this, and it's like, hey, don't impose your expectations on me. I'm just a drunk woman. I can't change anything. I can't do anything about it. I'll just be putting everybody in danger. And I love how she starts to, like, storm out or to, like, run away. And Setson is like, we do not regret anything we're doing. We trust you. We uh, know what we're going into. That's why we want you to do this job. I was going to summarize his entire speech as, no regrets. We believe in you. You'd never send us out into the desert to die. Which is a thing everyone seems to forget about. I don't know what the show thinks she was doing there is my problem. It reads to me like she sent him out to the desert to die, but I don't think that's what the show thinks she did. It really does feel like she thought that, but at the same time, all the Gundam pilots kind of had the same thing of, we think this is going to be a trap and might get us killed, but we have to do it anyway. They didn't. They could have done it any other way. Setson is like, we have to do this. Please work out a tactical plan for us. Please, mom. And Sumeragi kind of gives in and is just like, Felt, can you give me our fighting strength in our situation? I'm going to go get plastered. I need to know important things like, can we go to Earth in this spaceship? And can we go underwater in this spaceship? (laughs) Are we just flying the Archangel now? (laughs) Considerably less armament. But she doesn't take the uniform with her. I like how she asks for that. And then as she's walking around, Felt still looks like a kicked puppy for some reason. And I don't understand why. I think it's because she doesn't realize just how much this hurts Sumeragi to lose Christina and Lichty and lock on. Like, I don't think Felt realized just how much that opened up old wounds and piled more on top of it and just made that old wound even deeper. Specifically, I think it's a thing where Felt has dealt with that grief at this point, I believe. And while she still probably cries on the anniversary the way she did with her parents, she's kind of not over it, but she's moved on. Whereas Sumeragi obviously has not. Everybody else on board the, the Ar- or, I was about to call it the Archangel, thanks Tyler. You're welcome. On board the Ptolemaeus too here, has dealt with their grief as, as to losing those two, or losing those three, and has decided to move on, whereas Sumeragi got stuck. 
which was already kind of her flaw that she was doing battle with through most of the first season. Yep. Yep. I, she, it was only implied, and it was through just the fact that she was an alcoholic, but... Yeah, so, Sumeragi, I will never make another mistake, Noriega. She made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, her backstory is so silly. Yeah, what exactly did she screw up? Do we ever find out? Kind of. Short answer, she was too good at her job. And Billy didn't get valedictorian, and she feels really bad about <laughs> we will, it. We will find out exactly what it is in a couple of episodes, if yeah. I remember right. So anyway, they're like, hey, we got an email from Lume. It's an Excel spreadsheet with all of the prisoners in it. <laughs> so yeah, you were right. They definitely did get everything from it. And felt like, Marina Ismail, my romantic... Ro- I mean, I'm in New Lock-On, huh? That girl that was on a mission once that I've never met. She's not even really into Neo Lock-On. Like, she it, is staring at him longingly a lot. More like, why aren't you the one that I actually like? So then we cut to Sumeragi doing some math and being like, oh, if we can just keep this carrier from using its particle beam and this and there. And hmm, Lyle Delandi's ability scores are very high. What does that mean? What, what does that say? They shooting hit target? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Shooting hit rate. I'm sorry. That's actually a reasonable metric. Never mind. What does it mean? Well, it means that he's probably got prior experience, despite what he said. Yeah, we or will... he's just a really good shot, because we will see that the Dynamis... This is not the Dim- Dynamis. This is the Chirutum. Uh, has a similar, like, targeting system on it. So maybe that's why his shooting is so good. I will say his MS control aptitude is 3720 on average. Whatever that means. No, his is at 9,600. Yeah, the average, the average is, is 3,720. Oh. Was Veda just powered by spreadsheets? Is that why they have this? <laughs> Veda was just a giant Excel database. <laughs> <laughs> this reads like it's set up for something we're going to find out about Lyle later, right? It really does. It, it's not. It's just he's a former Catheron mobile suit pilot, a thing that the show won't tell us. <laughs> Perfectly fine with it, especially on a first watch when you're going through and driven by the excitement. I think it works fine, but... Wish we got a little bit more. It does feel like there should have been a confrontation with him about this at some point. Yeah, or he should have told someone. Especially since the, what does it mean? Makes it seem like he's a new type or something. And uh, so he's following along on one of those people movers with Tiaria. And Lyle's like, so we'll finally see some action. And Tiaria's like, probably not. So he's shut like, up and leave me alone. He's like, you probably won't. And he's like, oh, that makes me feel better. We cut to Saji. Who's the Haro is saying, hey, go to combat mode. And he's like, what are they getting ready for? And again, rescuing a buddy. Rescuing a buddy. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with them calling him a buddy. Although I do feel like, can't you at least give Saji a bed? Like, come on, guys. Like, we don't need to leave him in the padded cell here. We gave him internet. What else does he need? That's okay. How long has he been in here? Presumably since he got here. I don't think, well, no, we know he is locked in, but he's probably let out every once in a while to use the facilities. Well, th- that's what I'm wondering is, like, how long? I don't think it's been months yet, but I think it's close. But, but, okay, I was going to say, has it at least been days? It's at least, I, think it's, I think we're sitting in at least weeks. Yeah, okay. like, how long does it take to get from Earth to Lagrange 1 in this fantasy setting with space elevators? <laughs> that, that's a good question. It's a fantasy setting with space elevators. At least twice that. He likes that particular <laughs> corner, though, it looks like. It's comforting. The glow from the and horror's eyes is less harsh over so there. So Saji is just like, so they're going to fight again. Like, kind of depressed. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do about any of this. We see the CeraVe getting ready. Melaine is like equipping the CeraVe with bazookas. And in the dub, she sounds very excited, which is just how she is all the time. But there's <laughs> something about that line. <laughs> she likes bazookas. Fair. Cut to Setsuna hopping into the... Uh, Rise or into the uh, double, <laughs> double <up. laughs> What the rise? <laughs> no, no. It 
I know why he made that mistake. Yeah, like, there, there's a reason I made that mistake. Vashti is just like, don't you dare use the Trans Am. It's not stable yet. And Tessin is like, okay, dad. And Felt's like, Sumeragi emailed us a mission plan from her bedroom. And she looks so happy about it. I know. And Lassa looks at the plan and is like, wow, what the fuck is this? And Melanda does a TikTok reaction to it. <laughs> I believe in my notes, I was like, the plan is shoot some things. That is the entire plan. I guess also launch the not curios at the building. I mean, I feel like the important part of the plan is the part you skipped. Yeah, the oh, important part wow. is the parts you skipped. So... <laughs> Tierra is like, it's an all-out attack in 300 seconds. Blitzkrieg tactics, eh? Good job, Sumeragi. <laughs> Cut to Sumeragi's fridge of beer that they really shouldn't have given her. Yeah, seriously, guys. Like, you know she's an alcoholic. Why did you fill her fridge with exclusively beer? I was going to say that's actually all non- or It's all alcohol-removed beer, so she keeps drinking them, hoping <laughs> to get a buzz, and that she will get none. Headcanon. They're like, this is all the beer we have and we're in space. You're going to have to learn to pace yourself. And Sumeragi's like, I think that's a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Casuals. So Wakon's like, oh, I also have a job. But frankly, this is going to work out better for me. And Hara's like, what the fuck are you talking about? That sounds shady. <laughs> and he's like, don't worry about it, buddy. I'm, I'm count- counting on you for support, Mr. Haro. And this is uh, where we find out the Ptolemyos 2 can actually enter atmosphere. Because as we're about to find out, it is the lesser armed archangel. So just an angel. Yeah. And so we see the third and fourth Gundams, which are the Terudium and the Arios Gundam. Tiaria takes a minute to call Setson and is like, hey, so on this spreadsheet is Marina Ismail's name? And I figured you'd want to know. And this is not something that you would have expected from me, but 300 seconds is a long time for you. (laughs) You might be able to get a second person out. I do really love this subtle bit of character development on Tiari of like, hey, this person's important to you. I have people who are important to me now. It would suck if they were in prison. We should do something about that. I do actually really like how different Tiari is as a character in the second season because like it follows. He doesn't feel nearly as judgmental towards Setsuna. Like he still has his moments like when he's teaching uh, teaching the new lock on and like, why did he bring a newbie? God damn it, Setsuna. But that feels more like the kind of exasperation you feel towards a family member who annoyed you than it feels like, I will shoot you in the back if you fuck up again. Yeah, Tiaria's Hall of Judgment has become Tiaria's Hall of Light Conversation. I was going to save this for a few episodes, but as we always say, and specifically I say, Gundam is about shitty teenagers becoming reasonable people. It's been four years. They're now all 20-year-somethings who are trying to take responsibility for their shitty teenage selves. Yep, And the like shitty teenagers has been passed on to other characters, like, I don't know, Saji Crossroad, <laughs> because Setsuna's development isn't done as a character. He is still very much the main character of Double O, and he has an arc in the second half, but he's a different person now, and he's not really a shitty teen, so someone six- else has to have that. Was he 16 in the first season? I believe so. I believe he is 20 now and was 16. He might have been 18 and is now 22, but I'm pretty sure he's 20 now. Yeah, okay. I believe either of those. I could go look it up. For whatever I... reason, I was thinking him and Felt were at the same age, but that's just because Felt is really freaking young. Yeah, no, Felt was preposterously young to be on that bridge crew. I wonder how old Milena is, because she reads as young, right? She reads as about 14, 15 years old to I, me. I, I would say 16, but yeah. But she's I, but also if you said... now placed up against a couple of people. Like She's now unaccountably and obviously the youngest member of this team. She's the only one who doesn't have experience from the previous war. Oh, yeah, Tyler just got a spoiler. I just found her last name, which is a spoiler. It's not from that far out, but... Yeah, yeah, it's an episode or two. I told you he had a kid. Oh, boy. 
Do you want to know? Okay. <laughs> I don't think I do. Let's play. 13. Close, surprisingly. 15. Also close. She is the same age Felt was, I think. So she is 14. She is 14. The same age as Felt reads to me. And it makes more sense for her because at least her dad is here to chaperone. The way you reacted made me think she was younger than Felt was, which is why I went with 13. No, I reacted that way because Celestial Bean sure does have a uh, habit of employing child soldiers, (laughs) I guess. It's it's just like when I used to help my dad at the newspaper. That's all. (laughs) She's just helping out her dad at his work. At terrorism. (laughs) So we don't get an eye catch. Hello, and thank you for listening to episode... 2-3 2-3 of Gundam 00, my favorite Mario level, and also the level in which we find out that Hiria doesn't like foreplay that way. Not a whole lot to report this week. We just finished off recording some stuff for the Patreon, which of course I'm going to plug, so you know, there's that. But also just hang out on our Discord. I feel like we've been having, like, a surprising amount of conversation there recently. So if you want to talk about, like, dumb board game stuff and just hang out with a bunch of cool nerds, that's a place to do it. Other than that, I just want to say, hey... Thanks for listening, everyone. It means a lot to us to have your continued support, and anytime you feel like letting us know that you listened to an episode, whether or not you liked it, that's great. Anyway, okay, bye. And when we're back, laser turrets. My favorite turrets. So someone is reporting to Cody Monikin that there's an object coming through the atmosphere that is a cruiser-class ship. That guy looks so concerned as well, he's giving the information. Well, I think it's because of what she reacts with like there shouldn't be a ship capable of this yes ships should not be able to go from space to the surface like it's basically you are a spaceship or you are an earth ship you don't get to do both but the fact that the ptolemaeus 2 can do this is concerning so she calls soma is like hey we're under attack secure e57 we're gonna shoot it so soma takes andre and her uh men in black but the ptolemaeus 2 has lasers so they blow up the mobile suit hangar immediately because Blitzkrieg tactics. And then they just come barreling down out of the sky. So Cody's like, fire, but... Everything shoot them. But Celestial Being's plan is very simple. They're doing a swan dive. <laughs> With maximum shields on. Because they have diving mode. Because again, they are the Archangel now. Just no Lohengrin, or Valiants, or Godfreeds, or Sledgehammers, or Wombats, or Helldarts. <laughs> the Archangel was definitely more of a battleship, whereas the Ptolemaeus is much more akin to, like... An aircraft just, carrier? A, a carrier-like uh, thing, but I was thinking smaller, like a cruiser or something, or even like a destroyer in its scale. Like, yes, it is armed, but it's definitely not the main thing. It's not the main function of a battle line, the way the Archangel is supposed to be. So it goes into the water. And what do you think of the animation of the splash up? Because I think it's really good, but I could see a different opinion. I think it's okay. It's just one of those weird things that the original part there is, it feels like it's CGI. Whereas when it actually gets to flooding, it's very well animated, like flooding. I I actually really love this scene. So the plan is to send a tidal wave into the base. And by the base, I mean the prison. Surprisingly good plan, actually. The shot I really like is we see like a window collapse and the water go in, and then we see one of the Tyrans like washed into the place where the window was. And they're like, uh, Cody, they're traveling underwater. And she's like, well, fire missile torpedoes, I guess. I love this plan here just because of the fact that Sumeragi took on all of this information and founded this plan based on all this stuff that she didn't have access to before and did it so quickly. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like this is her best uh, Magnificent Bastard moment that we've seen. It's kind of her only one, right? I I get the feeling that the first season, a lot of 
Sumeragi's plans were tempered by Veda. And now Veda isn't here to hold her back anymore, so that's why we get these wacky plans. She gets to go full Misato now? Yes. <laughs> so Kadi's like, huh, now there's all this water in the air, and water is bad for beams, so it's going to have the power of our beam weapons. Did she do this on fucking purpose? And uh, so we get the reason why it's only 300 seconds is yeah. because the the water the in the atmosphere the will last going, that long. Yeah, it's only going to last for about five minutes. I was going to say, because of this, no one does war in the future on a rainy day. <laughs> <laughs> there might be more concentrated humidity here than on just rain. I don't know. So Setsuna and Tiaria have launched already and are coming down. And this is where Tiaria is like, hey, Setsuna, 300 seconds is an awful lot of time. We, we, get, we can save somebody else with those last two minutes. You only need one minute to save an, an Alleluia. We, we got two more for a Marina Ismael. 300 seconds is five minutes. It oh, sure you're right. is. You're right. Apparently, the Gundam's beam weapons are not at all affected by this humidity, which is the one thing that maybe makes me go, mm, about this plan. But it took like a fifth watch before I realized that. So They've also got future tech weapons. So. Like, theirs are functioning on a slightly different scale, so I would buy that. Although, because of this whole like humidity diffusing beam weapons, it does make the why exactly they have the old style Tierans with the uh, the shell-firing guns as the main guards here. I will also say they are fighting Tierans, a thing that existed before beam weapons did. Yeah, that's so. fair. They should not be a problem, that's true. I, I, I love there's a scene of the... Uh, the double O? The double O just, like, cannonballing into the side of the building because Blitzkrieg tactics. And we even get Soma and Sergei during the, st- the Star Andre. Trek fall. I'm sorry, yeah. We even get Soma and Andre, the new Smirnov, doing the Star Trek bounce of like, whoa, what's going on? I, I actually kind of like Smirnov light. I, I do kind of like how that we, we basically have this changeover. So now the veteran characters are actually veterans. So they are in the position of, you know, hey, look, this is what we're going to do. So Setsuna jumps out of the double O to do his tactical espionage action because he spent four years being Solid Snake. With his pistol and, I mean, couldn't you have taken more gun? Like, a submachine gun at least? What do you think, this is a Gundam wing? What's he going to do, or- a somersault and then shoot the machine <laughs> or, gun? Or, you know, bring another weapon for Alleluia? He seemed to have brought his Simtex. I really just wanted a scene of uh, Setsuna running away and, like, pressing the lock button on the double O. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cotty's ship starts launching the new Jinxes. And so we see that the Trudum has also been deployed, and it is actually in, like, a sniper post on a hill nearby. And Neil's, I'm sorry, Lyle's just chillaxing in the Cheridum and being told, hey, you don't have to hit them, just keep them occupied. And his new, like, sniper sight, like Lock-On had, is much more rifle-like. I actually like this one a little bit better. The other one was more ridiculous, and the one I like better from a, like, asinine perspective. This one actually seemed... As long as we're going to have a stupid actual aiming mechanism inside of the cockpit for some reason, I like this one better. So he's like, you know, Haro, I'm really tired of everybody comparing me to my brother, but do they like have a catchphrase I could say? And he's like, targeted and firing, targeted and firing. He's like, yeah, that is pretty cool. All right, lock on Stratos, targeted and firing. I mean, at the one side, it do- it would make a little bit of sense if anybody knew about the Gundam Meister, so it implies that they haven't lost anybody. Because Lock-On Stratos is still here and it's basically the same guy. But at the same time, nobody outside Celestial Being knew that anyway. I don't think anybody besides Haro and maybe Felt knew that. Yeah, he just wanted a cool catchphrase, I think. I think that's just his personality. (laughs) Anyway, he accidentally does too well and gives away the fact that he's skilled on his first shot. We get a shot of the new Jinxes trying to attack the Doublot, which is like leaning into the building. 
But Tiaria is acting as the meat shield, just standing in front of it with its big old particle shield and its bazookas. I actually really love this. Yeah, and then he yells out, I'm not moving an inch, which is like the most shonen thing Tiaria has ever said. <laughs> he read a lot of manga in those four years. <laughs> it was really boring out there. And as Tiaria is just defending the position, the Teratum takes one of their heads off. And the Alameo crew are like, man, isn't this guy supposed to be an amateur? And Katsumaragi looking kind of like, I don't believe he's an amateur expression. And Hara's like, you got him. And he's like, ah, it was just lucky. Anyway, let me sh- go up into the air and keep shooting them even better. I mean, he hasn't actually knocked any of them down, but he has damaged a few of them. And then he, he gives a kind of an oblique line of a, where is our rescue team? Like, what do you mean, where's our rescue team? It's Setsuna and Tiaria. They're right there. <laughs> well, yeah, and it turns out that's not who he was referring to. We cut to the new Smirnov and Soma and their men in black running. What is wrong with her face in that I, shot? I was just thinking that that was a weird frame. Look, they can't all be animated by the A team. We've gotten rid of the D team at least, but we still have a C <laughs> team that needs to work. So fortunately, the only guy that gets hit is one of the men in black nearby as members of Cateron are invading the, the prison. Yeah, they did bring machine guns and bombs to blow their way into the floor. And so uh, Andre is like, I'm a named character. I can handle these guys on my own. You go get E57, Lieutenant. And she's like, yeah, that sounds good. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) I like how she just says that. There's like no discussion. She's like, okay, cool. Bye. And so basically, Cody Monikin's flagship is just unloading beams at something. What exactly do you think she's shooting at? Indiscriminate Uh, fire. Yeah, Catheron trucks. I don't know. We got half a frame there. I wish we were on an actual computer watching this apposite because I didn't know this the first time. Their ship gets rocked and her eyes take up two thirds of her face for like half a second as she's shocked by it. <laughs> it is the funniest ass shit. Then we cut to Alleluia being like, what the hell is going on as his cell door blows open. And it's a Setsuna. And Setsuna's like, I've come to kill you. And by you, I mean all the bonds on you. I'm just going to shoot them off casually. I've been Metal Gear Soliding for four years. I've got experience doing this kind of thing. And, like, Aluya is surprised to see Setsuna here. And he's just like, what are you doing here? Setsuna tosses him, like, a a notebook and is like, all right, I've got other things to do. Go to these coordinates to get your new ride. By notebook, you mean, like, a tablet. Like a PDA. It it looks like a notebook. But, yeah, it's like a PDA-looking thing. He's like, go here. Arios is there. And all he's like, what the hell are you talking about? It's like, you're Gundam. Duh. Gundam Ariados. I'm not going to give you anything other than that tablet. So, best of luck to you. Hope it's, you don't get shot. It's unfortunately a bug type, so it's a little bit weak. So, Tiaria, while he's still taking damage, is like, yeah, we found him. Launch his Gundam. So, they just launch the Arios into the side of the building from the catapult. I, which I love. I, I, this is I, great. Well, I love how they poke up, drop the catapult, fire off the Arios, <laughs> and then immediately duck back underwater. Submersibles are annoying. So, now there's only two minutes left of the plan. And Alleluia sees Catheron, and they're like, who the hell are these fuckers? Those aren't Setsunas. They're releasing the other prisoners, so I guess they might be on our side? So he gets to the coordinates, and uh, there's nothing there yet. And then, from the ocean, the Arios <laughs> just whacks into the side of the building. <laughs> it's a really good thing he wasn't closer to the wall. I know. I want to imagine that uh, Setsuna's instructions say, specifically stand at the <laughs> corridor, do not go any further. Yeah, I, I think that was what they would Otherwise, say. Otherwise, we would have been scraping up hallelujah paste. Warning, this was a Sumeragi plan. <laughs> <laughs> he, d- he does grin at it for a second, and then he gets super serious as he considers the implications. And then he's told to freeze by Soma Pierce, who's also in the hall and has a gun right on him. 
And she's like, that's as far as you go. Do not get in that cockpit. Do not collect $200. Cut away from that to Marina, who is like, wait, is there a battle going on? What What's happening? And then Setsuna pops up and is like, get away from the door. I am going to explode it. Wait, he doesn't explode it in the same way he blew up Alleluia's door. He like blows off the handle. And, and he's like, like, sup, I'm come, here to get you out. Come with me if you want to live. And Marina's like, wait a minute, aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? <laughs> also, uh, you wrote me a note saying you were dead, so that was mean of you. <laughs> you could have at least read another one being like, alive, by the way. <laughs> BT dubs. So then we get a shot of the uh, the Tieran that's been smashed into the wall. As there are less than 30 seconds left. And Ollie's like, Mary. He tries to move forward to talk to her. And she's like, I told you that is not my name. And he's like, no, you're definitely a Mary. he's just well he says that's your real name they must have done something he's like mary parfacy and then she gets like manchurian candidated because of the last name i guess but all of her flashbacks do not mention the last name so i don't know why the last name triggered it flashbacks work in mysterious ways anyway she has some uh staticky fuzzy flashbacks to being a child on a table she, she loses the gun and drops to a knee with her headache they are debilitating flashbacks yes she's confused and so, concerned, but hey, apparently Andre dealt with those Cateron members because he shows up and shoots the ground in front of Alleluia because he knows Alleluia has plot armor. Yeah, this is, they will show that he ducked behind a pillar, but this shot where three guys just open up on him while he runs does make it seem like we should then cut to him spinning around bloody like that machine gun <laughs> guy. They do also say give up, so I'm wondering if they're like not trying to hit him. They probably would prefer to recapture him than kill him. And, and then we get a, uh, a line from Setsuna is like, hey, we're running out of time. Alleluia, get gone. And he's like, oh, but Mary's right in front of me. Ugh. Well, I guess I got to go. This sucks. She was the only person who shared applesauce with me at the home. Right there when Andre is trying to hit him, it doesn't look like he's aiming so much as he's just shooting in his general direction. So Alleluia gets in the Arios. And I love this takeoff shot. This is amazing. Where he's like looking down at them, hustling uh, Maria slash Soma out of the way. I assume he means when he goes immediately up, oh, still <laughs> half in the building, yes. taking out all the windows with him. I love this part, too. It's just like, fuck it. As and the, then as, the other two go up at the same time. Yeah, I mean, they're out of time. And the Jinx is like, oh, shit, there are three Gundams. We're outnumbered by Gundams. That's a bad scene. <laughs> and then we get I some l- very triumphant music is, hey, the pilots are good now. Yeah, I love this like combo shot of the uh, Arios doing suppressing fire and then the double lot popping up right behind it. Yeah, I was going to say the thing I love about this is not only are they competent pilots now, they also have teamwork. And, like, now they're working together. <laughs> this is like, oh no, they're fighting actual veterans. And while I don't think I like the Arios quite as much as the Kyrios, I actually really like its armament with the beam sabers and like the two guns in the hands. Yeah, I like its armament better. Even I, if I, like I do too. A little less. I I love the shot of Alleluia like suppressing this one Jinx as Setsuna comes up behind it. It's, yep, it's such a cool scene. Yep. And Tiara is like, "I'm shooting the fuck you laser, and we're leaving. <laughs> fuck you all. We're out." But then the particle beams from the uh, or from Cotty's ship start working. But then they fly off over the goddamn rainbow that yep. they created. Yep. And Cotty's subordinate is like, do we pursue? And she's like, no, we have to secure our fucking blown up prison first. We got to recapture anybody who ha- who hasn't gotten away yet. This is fucking insane. So, so we cut to Sumeragi who sighs in relief. And passes out drunk. Yep. We then see Lock-On looking at the Cateron boats escaping, being like, yeah, I did it. Good job, me. 
I like how when he zooms on the boats, it's like just a bunch of people having like casual conversation. Like no one looks distressed or like harried. Well, in they're any just way. happy to be free. Cut to the Cataron Desert Command tent, and we're like, we have successfully rescued our comrades. Isn't that the same place as the? Uh, it wasn't the Desert Dawn, but the guys that were their hoarding water were based out of. <laughs> I think it might be. And they're like, yeah, Gene One came through for us. It's good having a spy and celestial being. And Klaus comes over and is like, Sheeran, so I have some good news and some bad news. And by that, I mean some bad news and some bad news. Well, it's not so much bad news. It is bad news and good news. The bad news is that somebody spotted Marina Ismail in the prison. The good news is that she was spotted in the company being dragged off by one of the celestial being pilots. The bad news is it's one of the celestial <laughs> being pilots. And Sheeran's like, yeah, I hate those guys. I don't know why. I don't really have any personal reason to, but I do. Sheeran doesn't seem to hate celestial being. Well, she's the one who was like, oh, celestial being are going to attack us. And Klaus is like, nah, I think we're on the same side. And she was always the one telling Marina, they're going to destroy a Zedistan, I bet. Here, she doesn't seem like she hates celestial being. In the previous ones, it seemed more like it was a legitimate concern that that's what Celestial Being was going to drop the hammer on them for. So she's like, oh man, could it be that one teenager we met that one time? Seems likely. Seems Setsuna like how- is accumulating, uh... Setsuna is just working on his kidnapping repertoire. And then they fly off, like, wishes over Marina their Marina looks so sad. Yeah, we get a shot and find out Marina has been in the cockpit of the double-O this entire time, which makes sense, but is silly to think about all the flips and stuff he <laughs> did know. with her in there. Absolutely. Well, he he, doesn't have a... He have didn't a, actually uh, do that many flips in the, in the double-lot. As I say, he doesn't have a sidecar seat like Amaro did. Amaro had so much experience picking up girlfriends in his mobile suit. When he got a custom Gundam, he made sure they installed a girlfriend seat. <laughs> Also, his girlfriend built his Gundam, so... I thought Amuro built the new Gundam. He designed it. Chan is like the actual engineer on the ground doing the okay, welding. I'm just remembering that the, the scene in the, in Char's counterattack, Amuro is working on it and Chan has to go get him. Or is it because Amuro is doing the software? I don't remember. I'm just imagining Amuro like, doing like a little stencil doodle and it's got big guns pew pew <laughs> funnels i like those i've never had those they're always trying to murder me i want to have funnels for once is it so much to ask for so that's the end of the episode but again we have post-credit scenes now so we cut to the ptolemaeus underwater after the credits and we see beat up hallelujah in the break Looking room very tired as tiara's like hey look you you look like you could use some coffee so hallelujah thanks tiara and then is like damn you're actually like a decent person now. What the hell happened? Yeah, so I say, like, Alleluia smiles, which is a weird thing for him to do around Tyria. And then, uh, Lock-On comes in. He's like, man. Causing Alleluia to panic slightly. He's like, Lock-On, you were mega dead. And he's like, man, I am tired of people doing that exact thing to me. Even though I'm just, like, basically fishing for this reaction (laughs) at this point. And Alleluia apologizes, and Tyria's like, that's like you. You did nothing wrong. (laughs) And he's smiling when he says this. Also, unlike Tiaria. <laughs> and he actually gives him a heartfelt welcome back. Which gets like, it's good to be back. I and guess I've accepted- no one explains new lock on to him. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I feel like that happens now. Like, as we cut away from that to the hangar where Marina and Setsuna are. I like in my headcanon, he just thinks that's old lock on the entire time. <laughs> and is back somehow. No, this lock on's completely different. The last one went bowling with us and bowled like 120. This guy only bowls like an 80. Hallelujah didn't go with him on the bowling expedition, remember? That's fair. Yeah, that's why mom was so concerned about rescuing him. She's like, oh, that's my kid. (laughs) I taught him at a drink. (laughs) We cut to back to the hangar where Marina and Setsuna have gotten out of the double O. And Setsuna's like, hey, I'm sorry. It was my fault that you got kidnapped because I approached you in the past. I should have thought about it better. 
she's like, why are you fighting again, Setsuna? And he's just like, because it's what I'm good at. And she's like, you could have become a mechanic or like go gone and worked at McDonald's, like well, anything. There are countless ways you can live your life without fighting. So it's like, I can't think of any. And I she's mean, like, that makes sense. He has literally been fighting since he was like eight. Plus what I want can only come true through fighting. And she's like, that's so sad. And he's like, why are you crying? And she's like, because you're emotionally stunted and can't. <laughs> Which I do actually kind of like. Yeah. I like Marina as a character, especially now that she gets to have screen time doing something. <laughs> what a novel concept. I know. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm okay with, like, she's not going to be, you know, fighting like yeah. we always wanted Kigali to. She's also not that kind of character. She is not a kind of character that will get in the Gundam and go kick somebody's ass. She is the peacemaker. She is she is closer to Relina. I was going to say she's Relina with a different set of kinks. I feel like she's also smarter than Relina. Relina does become headmistress of a school because she inherits a nation dot 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 is headmistress of a school. <laughs> and at that school for pacifists, she picks up what's her nuts? Dor- Dorothy, Dorothy Catalonia, my perfect beautiful wife. <laughs> Who still makes me laugh that I have her driving the Barbatos Lupus Rex in SD Gundam Generation Crossrays. I wish you guys had seen the episode where she first shows up and is yelling at planes in the sky, start a war already. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I remember that episode. She is whacked out. So pretty good episode. Very action heavy, but it manages to set up its action and execute it in one episode, which is something Seed, I don't know if I'd say struggled with, but never really did effectively. Well, I think it really fits here because it's a blitzkrieg. It is it is a we're going to kick in the door, grab what we want, and leave immediately. Whereas Seed was much more of we got jumped, so we have to fight back. Yeah, I'm just mean the episode pacing is really, really good in that it really climbs and it ends on the most climactic, dramatic moment, like of the triumphant victory as they literally fly over the rainbow back to base. And then we get a little bit of denouement after the credits. Yeah, I actually really like the after the credits scene in general, like, or scenes, I guess. I guess there's like two. Two, basically. Yeah. I I think that one might actually also be like the first scene of the next episode or pretty close to it. But yeah, I also really like the end credit scene. Do you have a high point, Tyler? I think it's just going to be the whole plan for the Arios of just, or is it Arios or just Arrows? It's the Arios. Arios, okay. Of just fire it into building, fly up building. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb. I love it. Zach, to be fair, fly into the building was the plan. Hallelujah. Then was just like, you know what? Fuck this place. Yeah, I was gonna. I'm not sure how much of that was like it's convenient. Teria specifically wanted to mess up the building. I you don't mean, know. Hallelujah. Uh, yeah, Hallelujah specifically wanted to mess up the building he'd been in. Either way, it's hilarious. Zach, I think my high point is actually going to be Tiaria acting as the meat shield for the Double Odd Gundam and just being like, "You will not move me." What's that one prestige cl- or uh, paragon path for fighters where they take up a defensive stance? Or do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, y- yes, but I don't know what it's called. That's fair. Um, in D and D, yeah, in five E, that's not what they're called. I can't remember what they're called. Subclasses are they archetypes? I feel like archetypes is Pathfinder. I feel like they might just be called subclasses. Yeah, but maybe I might you're right be in the archetypes. Of a Pathfinder thing specifically. Um, I don't remember. I can't believe neither of you took the Ptolemaeus diving into the ocean to make a giant tidal wave to drown the prison, but you didn't. So my high point is the Ptolemaeus diving into the ocean to make a giant tidal wave to drown the prison. I that, mean, my set, my actual second one was them was Setsuna convincing Sumeragi, but my real like the actual high point I have is just Sumeragi's plan and the fact that everyone keeps having to tell everyone else. Remember, it's a Sumeragi plan. <laughs> <laughs> There's just that asterisk. Do you have a low point, Tyler? 
not particularly, but if I had, hmm. Oh, no, come back to me. I'll, I'll think on it. Zach? Hey, there are three guys with guns pointed at all of at very close range. I, I think, like... The ALAs uh, do a lot of training, Zach. Unfortunately, they do it at this uh, Imperial Storm Shooper School <laughs> for Marksmanship. So I, I think that would be mine. That would work much better if they were coming down the corridor and shooting so that they, like, they didn't, they weren't right next to him, basically, when they shot. Again, I think I'm taking some stuff from the future for this, but I don't like the way Alleluia addresses Mari. I don't hate the idea of him being like, hey, this is the person you are, but there's just something about the way he says it that really rubs me the wrong way. Tyler? Yeah, I don't know that I really have one. If anything, I would actually say it's probably Saji in this episode, except I actually kind of like the scene with him and Setsuna. So it's I actually... really like the scene between him and Setsuna. Yeah, so I think it's actually just like him. The fact that he doesn't do... I wonder what they're doing with him. And I feel like they're not really giving him a whole lot to do other than be like a foil to Setsuna. But I feel like the only person who is bouncing off of Saji's reactions is Saji himself. Do you have an MVP, Tyler? This one's tough, isn't it? It is. Oh, that's funny. I think it's the easiest one we've had in years. Uh, That's fair. Well, I kind of want to give it to Setsuna because he actually does all this stuff. But it's clearly Sumeragi for coming up with this batshit plan. Zach? I was going to go with Tiaria. For being a meat shield? Being the meat shield and training new lock-on. Oh, and? And the after credit scene, like, Tiaria showing off all of the character growth that he's had. Yes, and giving Alleluia a hot beverage. (laughs) I'm going to go with Sumeragi as well. That's a batshit plan, and it's not going to be our last one. Might be her best one in the series, but it's not going to be our last one. We could add the Jinx 3 to our list, but this episode's getting kind of long, and we will see more of it. So if we want to save that, we can. Up to you guys. Uh, I think I'm fine with that, just given that this one's run a little on, so. All right, then. Anything else we want to say about this episode? <laughs> this one's rad as hell. Yeah, this is pretty good. I was uh, not super into episode two, although talking about it warmly on it. I was immediately into this one, so. All right, then. It's a Gundam will return in A Reason to Fight. I'd prefer less teasing.